Hello, and welcome to another edition of In the Huddle. My name is Damian Miller, and joining me today is my co-host, Michael Phillips. Michael, how are you doing today? Uh, pretty good. I'm also apparently a coast now. Yeah, you're a coast because uh, my brain is shot. Um, just so that way everybody knows, um, I worked an 11 and a half hour day today um, before recording this. And I'm making Michael wait way past the time that I told him that we were going to record. So if some of my math doesn't add up for the predictions later in the show or some things just don't make sense, just don't mind me because apparently I'm going to talk out of my ass the whole time because I had no time to research anything outside of our predictions. Well, I mean, uh, that's the in the huddle way. So uh, <laughs> just looking up stuff and talking out your ass. Absolutely. Run things on this show. Again, we are the most professional, unprofessional podcast in the world. <laughs> That's very true. Um, well, do you have any personal news or you just want to dive right into football? Um, no, we're just going to remind everybody that In the Ring is going to be out. Its debut episode will be next Wednesday. It will drop. We will be recording it next Tuesday and it will be the New Japan Pro Wrestling A Block, B Block, and the finale of the G1 Climax. So tune in next Wednesday onto my feed and we will be promoting the hell out of it um, as well as in the huddle like we always do. So just keep your eyes open on that. But other than that, I think we should get right into the football talk. Uh, I have a little bit. Um, It's not anything too big. Uh, So for people, new listeners, because I have a couple of friends that said they're going to start listening now that they know that uh, in the huddle exists. Um, uh, I, I feel that <laughs> I was just wanting to explain that it, what in the ring is, is, uh, Damien is taking the reins, making his own show. It's a wrestling show, much like in the huddle, except for, well, it's not like in the huddle, but what it is, is I knew nothing about wrestling. I haven't watched any sort of wrestling since I was in grade school. And Damien is a big wrestling guy, not WWE, actual wrestling. So what it is, he's going to have me watch the G1 championships, right? G1 Climax, yes. Okay, I, that sounds very, very sexual. Uh, anyway, it's Japanese. It is okay. Japanese. Japanese wrestling. <laughs> Japanese wrestling. And uh, he's going to have me watch it, take notes, and basically he's going to teach me what I need to know as a wrestling fan, I guess you could say. Yeah, we're kind of getting Michael because – you know, we'll, uh, what, what happens is, is after football season, me and him go through a depression period, and um, we kind of feel lonely, and then baseball picks up for me and not so much for him. So I'm trying to get him into a sport that doesn't have an off season. Yes, and uh, I mean, as a sportscasting student, you know, Damien is too, I want to branch out and watch other sports because obviously I'm more of a football kind of a basketball guy. Um, so, you know, maybe, maybe next soccer season, we do a little bit of soccer, you know, I know Carlos, he's going to start listening to this. I know he'd probably like that, but, um, I'm I'm huge on soccer. You get me started on soccer. We can start talking some soccer. All right. So maybe next season we'll do soccer, but (laughs) that's a while from now with that, we're going to talk about football. Uh, yes, that's their uh, first preseason game is Thursday. I'm pumped. I say this every goddamn episode. 
Yeah, football is back, baby. We already saw the Hall of Fame game, which was well. We'll get into that, but <laughs> last, sorry, last weekend. Last weekend was the last weekend without football until February. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was outside my apartment when the game started. I literally screeched when I saw that it was ten to seven and sprinted up my stairs. Well, yeah, ten to seven year, uh, ten of seven year time. It was. It was eight o'clock my time when that game came on. Yeah, so <laughs> ten to seven for me is ten to eight for you. Yeah, yeah, because you know I live in normal American time. Normal American time. <laughs> yeah, man, everything runs on Eastern on uh, Eastern Standard Time in this country. You know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so let's dive into that game. I had I took a couple notes. I didn't take a lot just because. That Hall of Fame game, it was the Ravens versus the Bears. And the problem is, I mentioned it on Twitter to you um, using the hashtag in the huddle, which is the easiest way to get in contact with us. Um, I noted on Twitter to you that I think the Hall of Fame game should be the very first game of the season, not the preseason. Because I want to see the starters on the Hall of Fame game. Give it your all. See, and I agree with you, but I – only think because okay the only reason that obviously it's the hall of fame game for people that don't know um the hall of fame induction ceremony is the weekend after the hall of fame game um Mm -hmm. so i think really the only reason that that game exists is just really just entertainment before the ceremony to bring to have a little bit of a teaser for football and let to to let the young guys make a spot for themselves on the roster that's basically really it it's pre-gaming the preseason yeah it's like it's like drinking at your house before you go to the tailgate exactly it's pretty much what it is and i I don't know like we got our glimpses of of some of the new rules uh this dumbass uh leading with your helmet rule (laughs) was really really pissing me off um i mean i don't i just i guess i just don't understand it um, how are you supposed to tackle without like leading with your shoulder? And when you lead with your shoulder, you lead with your head. Like, I don't get the whole fact of like, I get heads up football. They teach it in P- uh, in pop Warner and they're teaching it throughout high school and stuff. I get it. But when you're trying to make a tackle and there is a split second form goes out the window. Yeah, it really, it's basic instinct really that takes over when you're going to tackle somebody. These people have played football from the time they were able to hold the football and able to walk. So for them to basically have it up to this year to take everything they know and just flush it out of their system, it's going to take a long-ass time for that to happen. Yeah, and I think these refs need to be a little bit more judgmental or a little less judgmental on the calls because, holy crap, that one in the end zone – I forget. Uh, it was an RG3 thrown ball, I believe. Mm-hmm. There was one in the end zone. RG3 threw the ball. Beautiful pass. Beautiful pass to the end zone. And it got broken up. It was a great – It uh, to me, it was clean because there was one guy behind him who tackled, the, who tackled the receiver and then another safety coming across in front, and he knocked the ball out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in doing that, he stood up, and when, his, and when he stood up, his head just barely touched uh, the receiver's shoulder. And I say his, and I know I'm using a lot of pronouns to refer to people, but that's because these are all fifth stringers and nobody gives a shit. 
because they're not going to be on the team. But when I uh, when I look at it, I I see a good tackle. So now you have to recondition the football fan to follow these new rules. And I think these rules committees, yes, it's good PR, but at the same time, you're taking away what the game is. It is a violent game. Football is tackle. It is not flag. It is tackle. The NFL is tackle football. So if you're going to do with all these changes, here's what I suggest you do. Take away the pads. Take away the helmets. Because those are the reasons that they're causing so much injury. The helmets are not protecting. They're harming. Because um, I mean, when, yeah. no, when you lead with a, in the backyard – if you're playing backyard football oh, yeah. and you're tackling, you're tackling somebody, you're making sure your head is not in the way, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, then take away the helmet. Yeah. Take away the pads. Because all they do is weigh these guys down. So get the best version. John Ross runs a 4-2-40. Yeah, let me see that without pads. Because I want to see that man blitz down the field. Yeah, I mean, I – I don't know how I feel about it. Obviously, we talked about it a little bit. I tweeted about it. Uh, I shared a post on Facebook that was kind of like a meme about the new rule. I thought it was really funny. It's basically oh yeah, from you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, it's just it's a really dumb rule. And I guess what really made the NFL push these new rules, um, obviously the Ryan Shazier injury that happened this last season, um. Excuse that if you heard that notification. That was my mother. Oh, well, hello, mama. <laughs> and the the Ryan Shazier injury, obviously, he's, uh, you know, he's walking now. It's great to see that. Um, and also the Aaron Rodgers injury, which I don't get because, he, I mean, yes, he was kind of tackled and slammed to the ground, but there wasn't a head injury. There wasn't a spine injury. He broke his collarbone. That's what I read, but the Shazier one makes sense to me because – Obviously, seeing a great player like Ryan Shazier get injured like he did is heartbreaking in the sense that you don't want to see any good person go through that. No, and, and, and I will say this. is like the rule was made for a one-in-a-million injury. Yeah. That's what, that's what kind of upsets me is like they overreacted to Ryan Shazier, which – not to say bad about the way that he tackled, but if that if if that tackle is what led to that injury, then that injury was going to happen. Yeah, obviously. So at that point, like it didn't matter what tackle he did. It could have been that tackle, it could have been three months from then. That injury was going to happen. Because injuries like that just don't I can't say just don't happen, but there has to be a lot of buildup for that to happen. Normally. Yeah. So I get where they're coming from. I get it. You want to make the game safer, but here's what's going to happen. You're going to take away all these, like, I, and I, I understand take away hits to the head. I've had six concussions in the past year and a half. Two of them have been diagnosed. Four of them. I said, eh, no, I'm fine. But I've had six concussions in the past year and a half, two years. What needs to happen is don't overreact to it because at that point you're going to make people aim for the legs more, and then you're just going to have a whole bunch of guys that are in their 50s not able to walk. 
because they're going to have so many knee surgeries and so many hamstring surgeries and so many Achilles surgeries that they're just not going to be able to walk anymore. You're going to shorten the careers of these players. That's very true. Because if you can't hit the upper body, you're going to go low. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry. If you hyperextend that knee enough, it's going to snap. Yeah. So you're going to shorten the careers of all of these players. So I, there's no way around it. There's just no way around it. Football's a violent game. You're going to get hurt. And if my future children ever want to play football, I will sit down and be like, listen, these are the things that could happen. And if this is something you still want to do, by all means, we understand that it's going. It's a dangerous game. Yeah. So I mean, if my future kids want to play football, obviously I'm a big football fan. I'm going to – it is my kid. I'm going to say, all right, we'll need you to understand that if you want to do this, you know, for a long-ass time – you need to make sure that your body or that you're willing to put your body through this. And if they say that they love the game that much, that they're willing to sacrifice their body, then fuck. Yeah. Go play the game. Yeah. See, that's my thing is like when I got into pro wrestling, because I I am a pro wrestler, I knew I was going to get injured. I knew I was going to get injured going in. I knew head injuries were a thing. I knew I could break bones. I knew I could tear ligaments, tendons, whatever. I knew that I could dislocate my shoulder. I, if I land wrong, my whole back could get shot, but mm-hmm. it was something that I loved enough that I took the chance on it. So that's why I decided to go through with it. And a lot of these players will say the same thing. Like there was a player. Oh shit. Was it a new Orleans saints practice wore a t-shirt the very next day after this game that said, make football violent again. Yes, please do. I, I want to see kids. I be- that was a Vikings player. That was Andrew Sandejo. Thank you. I knew it was something like that. I knew it was an NFC team. But, yeah, he, he wore a T-shirt that said, make, fo- make football violent again. Yes. Stop trying to change the rules of a game that we already love. All these players know the risks. Yeah. Just because Tom Brady doesn't want to get hurt doesn't mean that you have to change the rule for it. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know how to feel about the new rule besides the fact that it's dumb. Um, but we can talk about – injuries for days we can talk about this new rule for days how did yes let's let's talk about that game yeah how did you feel about lamar jackson (sighs) um he did not look confident that's the that's all you really need to say i mean he looked he looked like he did at louisville ready to run yeah um I. That's all you can really say is that he's back to Louisville, Lamar Jackson. Um, I can understand why he's not so confident, though, with, you know, a lot of the wide receivers in Baltimore being new wide receivers, him being a new player there, getting used to a new system like every rookie and him being a run first quarterback. I can completely understand why he wasn't throwing it that much, but. Uh, me and my roommate were watching the game, and he's he's a football fan in the sense that he was born and raised in Wisconsin, loves watching pack, the Packers. But he's not like you and I were – obviously, you're an Eagles fan. I'm a Packers fan as well, but we'll watch any game, really. Yeah. Um, we were watching this game, and you know, I was talking to him about Lamar Jackson. He looks at me, he goes, he's a quarterback. I'm like – yeah, he's a quarterback. Why? He goes, 
he hasn't thrown the ball yet, and this is his fourth play. And yeah. I looked at him, I said, you should have seen him play in college. Yeah, that's the thing is, like, it's going to be interesting to see how Lamar progresses through the next four preseason games because that's the one thing that the Bears and the and the Ravens now have over any other team is they had an extra preseason game. So it, it could have been just first game jitters. That is a thing. Um, but his footwork did not look all that well, all, all that great. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I think the one thing that like a lot of these run first quarterbacks are going to have to learn how to do, especially like a Lamar Jackson is keeping your eyes downfield. And that's another thing that happened in this game that I saw with RG three. I can see progression in him, but he will, he will never be the quarterback that he was supposed to be. Cause I have in my notes that he was making some tight throws, reading the field well, but still wants to run at all costs. Yeah, and I think he just has to really get used to the game. He obviously, like we've said multiple times now, run for his quarterback. Uh, I think he just needs to get used to like the flow of the how the game works, how it's more of a you know, a pass heavy game. Uh, you know, obviously players like Cam Newton who can both throw the ball and run the ball, but Cam Newton, he's known for running and being a massive man and being able to run that well. Um it's just Cam Newton still isn't reading full playbooks. So that just gives you an idea of how hard it is to transition from college to a pro level. And Cam Newton's played in the Super Bowl, and he's this is what his seventh or sixth season. Yeah, I think it's his seventh. Yeah. Um, boy, another. RG3, I, I saw the massive inconsistencies with him. We know he's not making the team. That's a fact. Like, RG3 is not making the Baltimore Ravens because Lamar Jackson's there and Joe Flacco's there. Unless they carry three quarterbacks, Lamar, uh, RG3 is not making the Ravens. So he's auditioning for 31 other teams that need a backup quarterback. And I, I don't think that he's making a strong case for himself yet. Um, he's still incredibly small, um, especially at the quarterback position, which makes me wonder, like, why doesn't he just play running back? Like, I understand he wants to be a quarterback, but, like, Denard Robinson wanted to be a quarterback. But he understood his skill set, and he came out as a running back. Like, I think RG3 would actually have a job as a running back. Um, I don't – I mean, I hated when everybody was like, well, make him try, you know – wide receiver drills and everything because he wants to play quarterback but um I don't know I think it's just a pride thing like a you know I'm gonna play this position if I, or otherwise I'm not gonna play any position type deal uh so I mean we'll see how he improves obviously he's a rookie we can't expect way too much from him no this is RG3 oh I'm RG3. talking about RG3 sorry no. I was thinking of Mark Jackson yeah. still no, 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 no. I'm talking RG3. Um, I don't know. Do you actually think that RG3 would be a good running back? I mean, look at how quick he was evading defense. Like, he was running really well oh, yes, Thursday was. night. So, that's what makes me think. Like, he has really good, like, 
he is really good in Madden's terms, ball carrier vision. Like he has, he has the ability to read the field as he's running really well. He's never been bad at that. So I think that he would make a really good running back. Um, that's like another, like, like Terrell Pryor. He knew he wasn't going to be a good quarterback, so he became a wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, uh, I saw an article uh, where RG3 was, you know, it was said that he had glimpses of his old self. And, you know, this was his first game since 2016. Hmm. Um, I wouldn't say that it was a glimpse of his old self. I mean, he did play well on some plays, but then there were some other plays where it was awful. Yeah, that inter- those interceptions. Yes, but I don't. I mean, he's 28 now, so for him to switch positions now in his career would kind of be a dumb idea. But I think it's. I, I, I think it's smart though for them to keep RG3 on the roster because if he stays there, because RG3 is obviously he's a great read option quarterback. What that would mean, like say the Ravens cut Joe Flacco next season. Joe Flacco wasn't that type of quarterback. RG3 is. So I would think have RG3 mentor Lamar Jackson more, especially with what RG3 has gone through in his career. Yeah, but you would want you want Lamar Jackson to be more of a pocket passer. You don't want him to be running around all the time because then he'll end up like an RG3. But and I, I think I think Lamar Jackson has a bright future. It's just you have to surround him with the right guy. Yeah, um, that's that's very true. My point is, though, is that I think RG3, because obviously he was running, but if you notice, he wasn't running nearly as often as he used to. And that obviously could be part of his age and, you know, his body. But what my thing is, is that uh, this could, you know, this game and this new team could be teaching him, hey, don't run so much, actually get used to throwing the ball. Yeah, I, I mean, I could, I could see that. I could, I could definitely see that. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to track those, to track RG three and Lamar Jackson through the preseason. But I will say that the Bears have a very fun running back to watch too, in Benny Cunningham. They have great running backs. I would like if I could start fantasy football right now. I would, as a backup running back situation, Tariq Cohen a great running back. Benny Cunningham, he's fun. He's fast. He's a short man. Mm-hmm. I, as soon as he had that first run, like of the, I think it was his first run of the game where he just took off. I, I looked at, or I looked at my roommate, his name's Ethan, by the way. And we're both Packers fans. And we looked at each other. We're like, well, if this guy ends up plant or being, you know, having the backup reps, we're screwed. Yeah. Like this, <laughs> He, I did not realize he's 28. Is he really? Yeah, he started – he was drafted by the Rams uh, in 2013. No, he was an undrafted free agent in 2013. Yeah, that's where I've seen him before. Okay, that makes sense because I say I've seen this guy before and I don't remember watching any sort of like college game with him in it. So that makes a lot of sense. Well, you never watched a college game with him in it because he played at Middle Tennessee State. Exactly. Um, and he, 
He's 5'10", 218. So, and I, I, let me tell you, I was very happy with Benny Cunningham coming out of that game. If I was the Packers – or, yeah, Packers. If I was the Bears, I would definitely be happy with who I have there because he was making some plays, man. I mean, he was with the Bears last year, so, I mean, maybe that's where I saw him too. Um, yeah, he didn't play much though. Yeah, he, you know that trick play with Pat O'Donnell? Yeah. That, the person that caught the touchdown, that's Benny Cunningham. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then another guy that I saw, I, I've never seen him play before, but this is on the Bears' defense. Um, he's a, uh, he's a two-year player. I just looked him up. Um, safety Dion Bush. He was laying motherfuckers out. Yeah, I know. He was playing for a spot. Like he was pretty much told if you don't go out there and have a good game, we might cut you. So he was going out there and he was pretty much playing hitman on some motherfuckers. Like this dude was laying people out. Yeah, he really, he really was, and I, I was, I was amazed. Yeah, like he, he impressed me because the way he covered the field, he was, he was really showing some signs of potential. He, re- yes, he was. I really hope that he continues, uh, whatever the hell he was doing at this Hall of Fame game. <laughs> Yeah, he was six foot two, or he's six foot two hundred, straight out of Miami, Florida. Uh, Miami, Florida. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was a fourth round pick. So, I'd like to see them keep him around. He was he was definitely fun to watch. But um, what do we have next on the docket here, Mister Michael Phillips? Oh, uh, Cleveland's dumb. <laughs> they tr- yeah, what's wrong with that one? Um. <laughs> They traded away Corey Coleman to the Bills for a seventh-round draft pick for 2020. Yeah, so here's what I'm going to say. (laughs) (laughs) All right. How deflating is it to see that you were a first-round pick and you get traded for a seventh like two years later? By the way, the first-round pick, that he was uh, that was used on him was originally the Eagles when we traded up for Carson Wentz. How stupid do the freaking Browns look right now? Can we just acknowledge that I I I'll have to find the post here, but for every I think it's every pick that the Browns have had, or at least one of their picks from the first round since I believe 2011, their players have been cut or traded within at least well one of them was within one year but around two years later really yes um trent richardson i'll 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 look for the post here while you talk a little bit but um yeah trent richardson obviously johnny manzel here i have i have the list it was brown's first rounders 2012 to 2016 Trent Richardson, Brandon Whedon. So I'll, I'll even read the description. Trent Richardson traded in one year. Brandon Whedon cut in two years. Barcavius Wing- Mingo traded in three years. Justin Gilbert traded in two years. Johnny Manziel cut in two years. Danny Shelton traded in three years. Cam Irving traded in two years. Corey Coleman traded in two years. Yeah. 
So it's yeah. Um, I I don't know what the Browns were thinking. Like, granted, the Browns still have a very, very, very talented wide receiving core, but Corey Coleman's not bad. He's very injury prone, though. I will say that. Yeah, but when he's not injured, he's a good player, regardless of the fact that they just went 0-16. Yeah. Like, maybe that's their thought process. Is like Maybe they're just trying not to have as much on their team as possible from that 0-16 season. I mean, yeah, but who do they have for their wide receivers now? Jarvis Landry, Josh Gordon's still not back. Does that no? But he is expected to be back by week one. Yes, but for now, if not earlier. for now, does I mean, does that bring in a Des Bryant, or does Des Bryant go to the Patriots now that the Patriots have waived Mel- or have cut Malcolm Mitchell? Well, let's let's also talk about the Browns getting or the 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 Des Bryant thing for this. I think that that might be what they're trying to set up for is to free up some cap space for a Des Bryant to come in. Yes. Because I don't see I do not see a Des Bryant going to New England. I don't think that he fits in there. I don't he's not I mean we saw um yeah um guy from Seattle uh New Orleans um Brandon something on New England Oh shit. Um he was he was like the number one receiver in New Orleans got traded to the Patriots. Oh, Brandon Cooks. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, he's Cooks. on the he's on the Rams now. Yeah. So we we've seen that Brandon Cooks is he was sent there as like this great wide receiver and Tom Brady didn't use him. Mhm. Tom Brady doesn't use receivers like that. He uses short little white guys that sneak through. Yep. Like he does not use an eight, like a typical wide receiver. He like an, like an all Sean Jeffrey would not succeed in new England, but a guy like Danny Amendola does. They use, I don't know. It's a weird logic in new England, but Des Bryant wouldn't fit there at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, but, they also cut Jordan Matthews, the Patriots. Mm-hmm. So now they basically so, uh, have Julian Edelman, who's going to face suspension for four games, and Eric Decker. Yep. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot Decker was up there now. Yeah. So yeah, like I don't know the Patriots. Well, they have uh, Corderell Patterson too, and Chris Hogan. And Kenny Britt. I forgot about uh, Chris Hogan, but I believe Kenny Britt's still battling an injury, and Cordell Patterson's more of a special teams receiver. Yeah, for the teams that have used him. True, that's very true. Like, like he could, he should have been the number one receiver in Minnesota, but they never used him. He should have been the number two receiver in, or the slot receiver in Oakland. They never used him. Mm-hmm. So, it's. I don't know. I think I don't see Kenny Britt being injured, by the way. But um, I, I think New England's going to do what New England does. They're going to run the table this year. They're still going to look freaking fantastic. Um, but 
there's been a lot of questionable roster moves this year, and that makes me wonder, like, what's going on in the NFL? Yeah, it's kind of concerning, to be completely honest. Um, but I found a couple of funny things here, kind of just sprinkle over a little bit. I don't know why I said sprinkle over, but uh, Jamal Adams, safety, obviously, for the uh, Jets. Great player. Um, going to the Jets facility today, um, he went to go type in his code at the door. And mm-hmm. I, he was saying before that, because obviously it's cutting season. Everybody's getting cut. Everybody's getting traded, you know, and that's going to happen for the next couple of weeks. He goes, nah, they didn't cut me kind of like joking around. And then he walks up and enters in the keypad code and it didn't work. <laughs> and he goes, Oh yeah, they did like, like freaking out for a second. But then I guess he like entered it in wrong or something like that. And, uh, yeah, he tweeted a video. He's like Mondays, right? And it's just him like entering and goes in wrong. He's like, oh, okay. But, um, (laughs) I don't know. I I think that's actually really funny. And also with trading, um, Corey Coleman to the bills, that gives them another wide receiver. And for Cleveland, it does, if they don't bring in a Des Bryant, I don't know how that it's going to work out, but, um, that does open up a spot for Antonio Callaway. Now, see, I don't know much about Antonio Callaway. Um, he, I liked watching him when he was in college. I uh, played for the Gators. Um, he's he's a major speed like route runner type player. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, he's kind of, before Coleman was traded, he was kind of buried on the depth chart, but uh he is expected to really bump up through there assuming, well, depending on how this Des Bryant situation goes, um, he just has to beat out Richard Higgins and Ricardo Lewis. Um, so. Yeah. Um, so does this, does it really shock you that Des Bryant hasn't signed with the team yet? To be completely honest. No, no, not really. No. Because I, I was thinking about it earlier, and we've we brought up his name a lot today, and I I can't say that I, I I blame teams for not picking him up. Um, I don't. I really don't know. Um, how I feel about Des Bryant because obviously he was a great a great wide receiver, but he's such a hothead and he's such a diva that. Because Corey Coleman, if you don't know, he was a locker room issue. Yes. Um, do I think that Des Bryant might be the same way? No. But do I think he's still going to be a hothead and a diva? Yeah. So just to kind of sprinkle in, into people's heads, Des Bryant had 69 receptions, 838 yards, and six touchdowns last year. And... Those aren't stellar numbers. No, they're they're really not. Um, I found I found an article here, uh, saying that the Browns remain interested in Des Bryant, but the ball is in his court. Yeah. So, like, that's the thing is, I think Des Bryant thinks like, I think he's thinking how you and I would, where he wants to go to a contender. And he'll take less money to do it. But 
is he really worth it? <laughs> yeah, and that's like, the thing. He wants a one-year prove-it deal. Yeah, and I just don't. I just don't think that teams are going to want to try to let him prove it. I mean, if you look at it, he played a full 16 games last year, which was the first time in three years that he did. But um, even then, uh, in 2016, he played 13 games, so three less. He had two more touchdowns, um, only 40 less yards, and only 19 less receptions. Then the last time he played a full season, which was 2014 – he had 88 receptions, 1,300 yards, and 16 touchdowns. Like, he has dropped off massively. Yeah, he hasn't had a 1,000-yard season since 2014, and he had he went 23 games without a 100-yard. Like, they weren't 100-yard games. Yeah. So, I don't know if you risk it on a Des Bryant, to be quite honest. I, I personally, if I was a GM, I would not. Um, yeah, but I also don't have. I'm not a GM. I don't have a team in front of me that I need to build. Um, so it's kind of hard to say that. A uh, little bit of news for you. I'm sure you already saw this, but the Eagles extended uh, Doug Peterson's uh, coaching contract through 2022. <laughs> Yeah, as they should. Doug Peterson is going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, period, end of discussion. Like, <laughs> Doug Peterson pretty much said uh, what Andy Reid couldn't do, I did in two years. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, I just want to add, Doug Peterson used to be a backup for the uh, – a backup quarterback for the Packers, and I told my roommate that, and I don't know why. He just thought it was, like, the coolest thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was also, I believe, a backup quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. And the Miami Dolphins, if I remember correctly. Yeah, because he backed up um, Marino. Yep. I do want – yeah, because he brought in – was it Marino? Yeah. Yeah, he brought in Marino um, to talk to the team before the Super Bowl this year. But he was a starting quarterback for the Eagles and Cleveland Browns. Yes. And a backup for your Green Bay Packers underneath Brett Favre. Yes. Um, since we're talking about the Eagles, uh, and we already kind of covered the Patriots releasing uh, Malcolm Mitchell. Uh-huh. Uh huh. How do you feel about the uh, Eagles um, potentially not letting Carson Wentz play this preseason? <sighs> I, I'm torn, and the reason why is I would like to see him maybe play a drive or two in week four mm-hmm. just to see, just to get him back into game motion because they're expecting to start him week one, and if you're going to do that, I believe you need to get him reps. Yeah. And I get why they don't want to. They don't want to risk injuring him. But at the same time, like, you have to try to get him in there because week one will not be pretty. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more, to be completely honest. Uh, just let him get a drive or two, um, maybe maybe week three, depending on how he's feeling. But I'd say week four at the absolute latest, give him at least 
I would say a minimum of of two drives, just to let him get back into good old Carson Wentz, you know. Yeah, because we know Carson's going to be great. It, it's just a matter of how long it takes him to be great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he sustained a big injury, so, I mean, he needs to take his time to be the player that he was before and that Philadelphia needs. So... Yeah, because we don't pull off that season last year if Foles is our starting quarterback the whole way through. That It just doesn't happen. No, I don't really think Nick Foles would have had that magic without having Carson Wentz bring you to where you were before he got injured. Right. And then Big Dick Nick came in to seal the deal. Kind of like Ariana Rivera for my New York Yankees when he was playing just came in to close out the game. Yes. Um, but I, I want to touch on Johnny Manziel. Yes. Um, everybody's throwing shade at this man um, for his play uh, in the CFL this past Friday night for the Montreal Alouettes. Yes. And boy, he did not look good. No, he did not. But I will say I don't place the full blame on Johnny Manziel. Yeah, uh, I watched a little bit of the game, and um, yeah, I would not put it all on him. The line isn't that good. No, that line is hot shit. Yes, and his receivers are eh at best. So for him, or for everybody to throw shade at him, I obviously, I saw a meme, I thought it was funny, about uh, you can take uh, the QB out of Cleveland, but you can't take the Cleveland out of the QB. I thought that was funny, but um, oh yeah, yeah. You can't blame it all on him. Uh, plus, Canadian football is a different game. Yeah, and that, and and the thing is, is like I was watching that. I was watching that game. I I caught the second half, and oh man, it was bad. Like he got benched. Mm-hmm. They were they were down they were down thirty eight to three coming out of halftime. Yeah, I watched. The, I watched so, the first half. I saw the bad half. Yeah, I didn't see the bad half, but I got into a little bit of an argument with um, my friends over at the Strictly Talking podcast, and they were like, "Oh, well, he needs to learn to throw the ball away. You can't throw the ball away in point seven seconds when a linebacker is breaking through your line untouched." Yeah, that's why would you? <laughs> why would you say that he needs to learn to throw, throw the ball away? when the ball has barely touched his hand. Right. That's my point. It's like, they were like, oh, well, he's looking to run too much. Yeah, he's looking to run because if not, he's getting sacked. He has nowhere, he has nowhere else to fucking go. <laughs> no, like, nowhere. I don't get how, like, they were, they kept trying to blame it on Manziel. And yes, some of that is on Manziel. That first interception was on Manziel. But I just watched his second pick. Um they had three men in that backfield before he could be even blink. Yeah. I, I think like I, know ex- he was, I know exactly what play you're talking about. Yeah, it's the one where the outside linebacker comes in, t- uh, grabs him, he spins out of it, jukes out two defensive tackles, is about to get sacked by a defensive end, throws it away, his receiver just can't catch it for some reason, tips it up, and then it's picked off. And I'm like, how is that Manziel's fault? Yeah, that is 100% the line and receiver's fault. There's... If he threw a semi-accurate pass and the receiver pushes it out of his hand or 
bounces or whatever, after Manziel is under pressure, that's 100% should not be Manziel's fault. No, and, and he was – like, it wasn't just that play that he was running for his life. It was the whole game. Yeah, so obviously he's getting tired and obviously starting to trust his receivers less. So – Yeah. I, I wouldn't trust my receivers if they pop it up in the air like they did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I just wanted to touch on that because I feel like we need to take some take away some of the, the hate on Johnny Manziel. Don't hate Johnny Manziel because he threw four picks. Hate that offensive line for not giving him time to make a read. Yeah, if you want to hate somebody for throwing interceptions, make it Big Ben or Nathan Peterman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, everybody wants to say how elite Big Ben is. Guess what? He is always in the double digits for interceptions. And if you want to talk about holding on to a ball for too long, Big Ben has that covered. Yeah. Um, since we kind of hop back into the NFL here, who do you – if you could pick one wide receiver, um, unbiased, obviously, being an Eagles fan – that you yes. think deserves to be the highest paid wide receiver in the league, who do you think it would be? Antonio Brown, hands down. Yes, okay. <laughs> and, ladies and gentlemen, this is coming from a man who is an Eagles fan. And I hate the Steelers. He hates the Steelers. <laughs> so, you know how Odell has been trying to become the highest paid wide receiver for, you know, this offseason, basically? Yeah. He had a meeting uh, with the Giants, uh, him and his agent, and apparently, according to both sides, meaning the Giants and Odell's agent, things are looking up for him to become the highest-paid wide receiver. Well, see, that's just the thing. Like, Joe Flacco at one point was the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And look at that bullshit. Um, it, it, everybody's going to one-up the other person. Odell? The the thing is, you asked me the the wide receiver that deserves it more. Yes. The personality that deserves it more, Odell, hands down, 100%. Because Odell isn't just a wide receiver. He is a brand. Like, that you are investing in Odell as a human, like as a personality for your brand. It's like merging – Nike and Adidas, pretty much. Like, Odell is more than just the Giants. Yeah, um, he really is. I mean, he was on the cover of Madden, what, his second year being in the game? Yeah. So, yeah, having that personality, having that one-handed catch, being branded to that player who is on your team with paying a player like Antonio Brown, who obviously he's on this year's cover of Madden. Um, But... Having Antonio Brown's a great player, phenomenal player. Um, Oh, absolutely. He is the best wide receiver in the league. Like, let's not get it twisted. He is the best wide receiver in the league. He is, and I know several people that are that will argue with you and I about that. But he doesn't, like you're saying, he doesn't have the. I shouldn't say media presence because he's very, he's all over social media. But he isn't the public. He isn't such a brand to the public eye as Odell is with the various commercials that Odell was in. I mean, the Super Bowl commercial with him and Eli Manning, you didn't see Big Ben and Antonio Brown in that commercial. Because Big Bitch Ben wouldn't do it. Yeah. Eli Manning, he may be getting old and he may be getting worse, 
but he still knows how to fun have fun. And trust me, Odell, trust he knows how to have fun. If you've seen any of his uh, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, anything, that man is always doing something. Yes, he's doing some illegal things that he shouldn't get caught doing. He's gotten away with it quite a few times. I don't know how, but it's just it, like you're saying, it's investing in a brand. Regardless if he plays up to par or not, somebody within the next three years is going to be paid higher. Yeah, exactly. That, that's the thing is like eventually you're going to get outpaid and then you're just going to get paid more and just going to get paid more. Like Bryce Harper this year coming up, he's going to be a free agent mm-hmm. um, in Major League Baseball. They're saying that he might be the first $400 million player, which if you really want to make money, kids, learn how to throw a fastball. Or learn how to hit home runs. Yeah. If you want to know how to make money, play fucking baseball. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. Like, that is all guaranteed. That's $400 million guaranteed. I wouldn't know what to do with $100 million. Actually, I do. But... Oh, I know exactly <laughs> what I do with $100 million. I'm buying my own damn island. Yeah, but do you realize how, <laughs> like... Okay, say somebody... Say a... I don't know. Somebody just walks in your front door right now as we're recording this and just says, Damian Miller, and you're like, yeah, what's up? Here's $100 million, and they just give you $100 million. The overwhelming amount of what the fuck am I going to do right now is going to hit you for at least 10 seconds. 10 seconds, maybe, because I will be thinking of, okay, I can buy this, I can buy this, I can buy this, I can buy this, and still have $99.75 million left. <laughs> really that's yeah i mean that's what i'm saying though for at least for a max of 10 seconds you're gonna go oh what the fuck because your life is changing instantly yeah so i yeah it, back off the topic of baseball back into football um i just wanted to talk about it because you touched on the madden cover um the madden curse i believe has been broken uh, I mean, there was a. It's been, pretty, it's been pretty much broken since 2015. No, 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 no. Richard Sherman got hurt. Odell got hurt. Gronkowski got hurt. Brady didn't get hurt. No. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. No. According to CBS Sports, that did a column on the Madden curse. Seahawks Seattle. Uh, yeah, Seahawks Seattle. That works. <laughs> Seattle Seahawks cornerback Richard Sherman. Reception total dropped, and his Seahawks failed to repeat as Super Bowl champion. But otherwise, Sherman was still at the top of his game during his cover year. It was only after the season he had to go under, uh, uh, undergo Tommy John, not cursed. 2016, there's a case to be made that Beckham's cover year was when he started rubbing people the wrong way, but he only had a one-game suspension, had 1,400 yards on the field, not cursed. Now, Rob Gronkowski, the argument can be made that he was cursed way before this. True. Yeah, that's true. He got injured a lot before. Yeah. Yeah. And then in 2018, Big Dick Tom Brady said, oh, hell no, there's no curse. I'm going to throw for 500 yards and still lose in the Super Bowl. But he never got hurt. He's, he did scare with the Patriots or Patriots fans with a little bit of a maybe injury thing, if you remember correctly, when he messed up his hand and had to get surgery right before the Super Bowl. That was just an excuse. That way, if he lost, he could blame it on something. Shut up. <laughs> Don't. Uh, just 
because we we are getting close to an hour here. I just got a couple a couple little things. Um, I just want to say since we're talking about Tom Brady, Tom Brady confirms that he eats ass, and that's the funniest thing uh, to me. I don't know why. Um, what? Okay, so Barstool Sports. I know I know you love them. Yeah, I love Barstool Sports. They shared a post on Instagram of a hippo biting another hippo's ass saying when Bay gets out of the shower, right? Mm-hmm. Tom Brady commented on there, yep, totally, with a bunch of laughing emojis. Oh. So. Yep, I just now saw that. Yeah, Tom Brady eats ass. Just getting that out there. Uh, you know what? Licking some butthole never hurt anybody. <laughs> it, is, it is 2018. <laughs> we eat ass now. But. Yeah, uh, yeah apparently. Apparently. If Tom Brady doesn't, uh, okay. <laughs> Listen, if tongue if tongue punch in the fart box makes you the goat, I suggest that more people eat ass. <laughs> if tongue, if eating somebody's ass gives you multiple Super Bowl rings and you're still in the NFL yeah. when you're 41, you better start eating some ass. Yeah, he, hey, he still he kisses his kids on the mouth too. Oh God, no, 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 no through. <laughs> through the associative property, that means that his kids also eat ass. Eat their mom's ass. No. No. Well, I mean, it's Giselle. I'm pretty sure it's squeaky clean. True. Okay, that yeah. got weird. But anyway. <laughs> uh, so, for the people that don't know, we talked about Madden a little bit. The new Madden comes out. Well, if you pre-ordered it, it comes out tomorrow. Um, But the... Uh, Non-pre-order edition comes out the night of the 9th at 11 p.m. For me, at least. Midnight mm-hmm. for you. Um, yes. So Because, again, American time. American time, yes. Uh, Damien, do you plan on buying the game? Uh, yeah. There's no way. Um, I'm. We are about to get into don't text me season for girlfriends. So just throwing it out there. That if uh, mine tries to hit me up, I'm just going to be like, oh, no. Uh, I just want to say, Ashlyn, because I know you listen to the uh, the uh, podcast here, because you message me every week saying, good job. I appreciate that. Um, I apologize as Damien, Damien, I'm assuming you're buying it for Xbox One. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because um, you and I are going to be streaming this shit. Come yes. On. So Damien, or Ashlyn, I apologize. Damien will not be texting you. <laughs> because we'll be one v one each other all season long. Um, yeah. Um, see, the thing is, too, is like it's not just that. It's like it's Madden, Call of Duty, uh, Battlefield, Spider Man, Red Dead Two. Like we are about to hit the season of don't text me until February because football season's also during that and baseball playoffs. See, here's the thing. I'm not at liberty to name drop anything, but Michael's more of a happy guy now. If you guys remember a couple episodes ago, Michael's a depressed pile of shit because we're not going to talk about it. But um, I moved on. Is Is Michael getting his dick licked? Currently, no. But – I don't mean like at this second. <laughs> no. If you're hold on, if you're getting head during the podcast, that's fantastic. I'm not getting head during the podcast. I can promise you that. Damn it. But <laughs> <laughs> but things are a rolling. So I'm not at liberty to drop any names yet. Give it a couple of weeks. But 
if she happens to listen to this, that's a disclaimer. She already knows the Hall of Fame game came on. She, I was on the phone with her. I said, hey, football game's on. She goes, okay, I'll talk to you later. Bye. And hung up. And then she, sna- See, she Snapchatted me afterwards because she knew that I had to watch this game. So, um, now, now see if she was a true hero, she would have Snapchatted you some nudies before or during the game. I can talk about that. Uh, see there. You- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not at liberty to disclose this information, but I can neither confirm nor deny. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, uh, if Damien, do you got anything to say before we wrap this up? Uh well we still have to do our predictions and we yes. still have I almost forgot about that. We Yeah, we still have predictions for the AFC East and the NFC East that we did. Like I said, the math may not add up on my end cuz I did this in about 5 minutes before we hopped on here. So <laughs> um for the AFC East, since we were talking about the Patriots, I have them winning the division again. Shocking. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like that's not obvious at all. Yeah, um, I have them with a thirteen and three record. All right. What do you What do you have them at? Uh, I had them going thirteen and thirteen and three, possibly fourteen and two. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to bet against them right now because, yeah, they may not look like they have a whole shit ton on their team, but you can never count them out. No, you really can't, regardless of what their roster looks like. Yeah, and and so I have them winning, and then I have the Bills coming in second with a nine and seven. Um, I kind of like some of the moves that they made. The wide receiver spot does concern me, but at the same time, I do think that they are the best. They have the best chance to finish with a positive record uh, outside of the Patriots in this division. So I have them nine and seven. I have them going seven and nine. Really, yeah. I you. This is like the first time that we've disagreed on our rankings at the uh, so far this year. So that's that's shocking to me. Um, I just like you said, quarterback or wide receiver position is a little bit of a scare, but I don't know the quarterback quarterback room. There's just it's so sloppy right now. Yeah, I mean AJ McCarron, he's the starter. We know he's the starter, but. If you look at the wide receivers, they have Calvin Benjamin, Zay Jones, and Jeremy Curley as the starters with Corey Coleman in the backup role. Um, I I don't hate that. It's not terrible, but it's not exactly what you want your wide receiver core to look like. Um, but then you also have Shady McCoy, and their defense is strong. We saw how good their defense was last year. Um, so this year they also have Vontae Davis, um, Tremaine Edmonds is a first round pick. Um, they, they've upgraded their defense a little bit more this year, and I think it's going to pay off for them. That's why I have them kind of, I have them kind of finishing at that nine and seven, possibly a wild card spot again, like, uh, like last year, but I'm not going to guarantee that. Yeah. Um, I, I would go as far to say that they'll go eight and eight. Now, speaking of 8-8, eight and eight, that's where I have the Miami Dolphins. Um, now, granted, you have Ryan Tannehill coming back because he was injured all of last year, correct? I don't think he played really anything. I think he got injured in preseason. Or actually, no, I think he got injured in training camp, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was injured in training camp. 
So you look at it, will Ryan Tannehill bounce back? We don't really know. But they have Kenyon Drake and Frank Gore at the running back position. I, I um, have a little something to touch when it comes to me with the Dolphins. <laughs> um, they also have second round pick Mike Kosicki, who was like one of the one of the best receivers on the Penn State Nittany Lions last year. And then Danny Amendola, Devontae Parker, and Kenny Stills. Um, I have yet to see Devontae Parker really branch out and be that number one receiver that I think he can be. Um, and with Ken, Kenny Stills coming over from New Orleans, Amendola coming in as a slot receiver, um, I kind of like I, I like that setup for Ryan Tannehill. It's a lot of quick receivers that he can hit really quick off of slant routes and curl routes and um, fades and, and like be able to bomb it with fades. The offensive line concerns me slightly, um, but then you have that that defense. Kiko Alonso, um, is, he's he's really good outside of that. There's a couple years he was in Philadelphia. Um, Cameron Wake is a pro bowler. We've all seen what he can do. Xavier um, Howard, it's going to be interesting to see how he steps up this year. Um, and Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, I think he's going to have a big, big, big role in this defense. Um, he's coming out of camp very, very highly regarded. So um, I truly believe that the Dolphins are going to have a decent team, but not exactly great. Yeah. Um, for the Miami Dolphins, I have them actually going 6-10. and 10. Um, Okay. I just don't see them doing that well. Uh, but I think within the next couple of years, they'll end up kind of coming together. I don't see them being a contender anytime soon. But uh, I don't know if you know this, but this is the time of year where teams start releasing unofficial death charts. Yes. Uh, did you see what Adam Gase said about the Dolphins unofficial death chart? No, I did not. He put an, a, or an, a slash or a or between Kenyon Drake and uh, Frank Gore for the running back position. And everybody's like, oh, so they haven't decided yet. With Adam Gase, he just did it to be an asshole. That's his quote. <laughs> I actually appreciate that because I do a lot of things just to be an asshole. <laughs> His quote was, "Oh, I just did that to be an asshole." That's am- no. right. that's amazing. And this is the guy that traded away Jay Ajayi to the Eagles. Yes, which makes me very happy because I like Jay Ajayi. I really do too, and I still think it's funny that he thinks that trading him away to Super Bowl champions is a punishment. Yeah. Well, I mean, whatever. You can look at it as a punishment. I look at it as Philadelphia got his first Super Bowl ring. Exactly. Um, finally, I have the Jets going 6-10. and 10. Um, There's just too many questions with this team. The wide receiving core is decent with Jermaine Curse, Robbie Anderson, and Quincy Anunua. Um, Terrell Pryor, he really shows that he can be really high or really down. Um, the only upsides that I see are – Maybe Sam Darnold coming in late in the season when nobody's going to win games anyway, uh, or when they're not going to make playoffs anyway. I think that he's going to be a bright spot towards the later parts of this season. Um, Bilal Powell, I don't, I don't see him or Isaiah Crowell really doing anything. I mean, Powell has had year after year to show us that he's capable of being a number one, and he's not. 
Um, the defense is not good at all. Um, outside of like Morris Claiborne and Tremaine Johnson, I don't see a whole lot of potential on this defense. Uh, yeah, I really don't either. I have them actually going five and eleven, but yeah. um, yeah, it, I don't really have too much to say about the Jets. Um, I've seen a several different things with um saying that Sam Donald can be the potential starter, um, but we've talked about the Jets in a couple different episodes now. Moving on to the NFC, the NFC East, your division. Yeah. Yes, my division. And I, I will say I did try really hard to not be biased. All right. So with that being said, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win this fucking division. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not biased. Oh, yeah. My favorite team, they're going to fucking win. Yeah. Um, but I don't have them going 13-3 and three, um, like they did last year. I actually have them going 11-5. and five. As do I. Um, Carson Wentz is just too much of a um, – it's too much of a glaring, like, will he, won't he kind of thing. Um, but it's hard to really vote against this uh, this wide receiver core. All Sean Jeffrey, Matt Collins, Nelson Aguilar, Mike Wallace, Bryce Treggs, Marcus Wheaton. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, we just picked up Kamar Aiken. I don't think he's going to make the team, but – uh, we can sure as hell hope. Uh, Jordan Mailata being like a third string left tackle to Jason Peters and Vitae. Um, this offensive line is very talented. Then you also have Darren Sproles coming back, Jay Ajayi, Corey Clement, Wendell Smallwood, Danelle uh, Pumphrey. Uh, that running back core is just legit. You can't do anything against it. And this defense, like this fucking defense, we saw what that defensive line can do, and now this year it's just going to be so much better because now we have Michael Bennett on the on the defensive end side. You have Derek uh, Derek Barnett, the second year. We'll see how he does coming in uh, in his sophomore season. Timmy Jernigan, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Nigel Bradham, Jordan Hicks. The list goes on and on. Um, the one thing that I would like to see is Ronald Darby really step up and play a play fucking man coverage for once. Um, we'll see how Holodi Nada fits into the role. And then just kind of how how Rasul Douglas does, because he didn't play as much as I thought he would last year. Now, granted, I think he was hurt for a little bit of it. So um, we'll see how maybe he fits in during that uh, with that quarterback core. But there's just so much talent on this team. Yeah. Um... I like I said. I also have them going eleven and five. Obviously, they're going to win a division. Looking at the teams around them, um, with that, uh, we'll just hop over to the Cowboys because fuck the Cowboys. Um, <laughs> Dak Prescott has not thrown a single touchdown pass in training camp yet so far. Uh, that's that's not good. <laughs> Typically, so I actually have the Cowboys going seven and nine. Um, I actually do too. I gave I, I'm giving them a little bit more credit than I was going to. Um, but the the thing is, is like this wide receiving core, like you have Terrence Williams and Cole Beasley, 
and that's really it. Like Tavon Austin has yet to prove that he's a that he's a good wide receiver. He's definitely a great running back, but he has yet to prove that he's a good wide receiver. Um, the offensive line, I mean, they keep losing people off of that once very stud offensive line, um, but it's still one of the best best lines in football. Um, so I actually just saw that Alan Hearns is also there. I kind of forgot about that. Um, so I don't trust that Ezekiel Elliott can only do so much. Um, Bo Scarborough coming in out of Alabama. Um, I think that's right. Um, and then Rod Smith is also a backup for him, but I don't see Zeke getting off the field much. I think he's going to play every down and I think they're going to rely on him too much. Dak Prescott can't throw a deep ball and that defense, boy, does that leave a lot to be desired. Yeah. I mean, you still they still have Sean Lee as their weak side linebacker, but when has he played a full season? That's yeah, that's a great point actually. Like he has yet to play a full season of NFL. Um and he he's good when he's there, but when he's not there, there's a big gap that needs to be filled like there's a big drop off between Damian Wilson and Sean Lee mm-hmm. <laughs> so I I just I don't see a lot a lot to be excited for if I'm a Cowboys fan yeah I, I don't really see anything to be completely honest either um but moving on from them is I'm gonna put my second place team now and that's the New York Giants really um I yeah I have them going 10 and 6 actually wow I think with a new head coach and Pat Shermer and Mike Shula coming in, um, I, I truly believe that – I truly believe the Giants are a better team than what they were last year. Um, Sterling Shepard's going to come into the season healthy. You have Odell Beckham Jr., who we know is just talented. You throw the ball up and the dude catches it. Um, the offensive line isn't great, but it's not terrible. Um, Evan Ingram at the tight end position is it's there. Like, I don't think that it's a great fill for the tight end position, but I don't think it's bad because we know how the Manning brothers love their tight ends. Like look at Dallas Clark, like the Manning brothers love their tight ends. Um, shit. Uh, Jeremy Shockey was another one that was the one that Eli Manning loved to target. So, um, I think the addition of Saquon Barkley and Jonathan Stewart, I think that they're going to have a nice role in New York. Um, Saquon is just a muscle hamster. Like <laughs> That's Doug Martin. What are you talking about? Yeah, well, Doug Martin has yet to show that he's a muscle hamster. Saquon Barkley is basically the Incredible Hulk shrunk down. He has like, tree trunks for legs. He really does. I think he's going to be... I hate that he's in my division. But you're also super fucking psyched that you get to watch him twice a year? Yeah. <laughs> um, but like a lot with the NFC East, this defense leaves a lot to be desired. Um, I mean, Olivier Vernon, he's not terrible. Um, Connor Barwin recently just signed with the Giants, so he's a good addition. Um, I don't like seeing him on the Giants. I love Connor Barwin as a player, so the fact that he's there kind of pisses me off. But Janoris Jenkins is a, is a really good corner, as well as Eli Apple. 
Um, they have decent starters, but there's not a lot of depth. So I think like they're going to start off strong, but I think towards the middle of the season, I don't think that they're going to be able to um, keep up the pace. Yeah. Um, for the Giants, I have uh, – sorry, I accidentally closed it here. I have them actually going 8-8. Eight and eight, So Okay. That's yeah, I mean, acceptable. Yeah, that's that's the thing with like the NFC East outside of the Philadelphia Eagles this year is like they can go from ten and six to six and ten with a couple switches of games. Yeah, like there's a couple games that I came across while I was doing this that was just like this could go either way. Um, but moving on, the Redskins are actually the team that I have going eight and eight. Okay. Um, I think. Alex Smith fits into the scheme really well. He really does. With Brian Quick, Josh Doxson, uh, Jamison Crowder, Paul Richardson, these are not guys that are running really deep routes. Mm-hmm. They're running slants. They're running ins. They're running outs. They're running drags. Like That's what they're doing. And that is what Alex Smith excels at. He does not throw a deep ball. But unlike Dak Prescott and the and – Jason Garrett, I think Jay Gruden's really going to fine-tune this offense to short passes for Alex Smith to possibly open up a deep ball once in a while. Um, I think Jay Gruden completely understands what Alex Smith's um, strengths are, and I think they're gonna, he's really going to fine-tune it. Um, the one thing that really does scare me with the Redskins, their running backs are not good. I mean – not good or they, unproven, I would say. Either one. Uh, Darius Geis, like, he's a rookie, so we don't know exactly what's going to happen yet. But Rob Kelly, I haven't even seen him play, I don't think. I saw him um, play last year. He wasn't – no. Yeah, so Chris Thompson's been there for a while, and he hasn't really proven anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this defense, it's there. Like Mason Foster is really good. Orlando Scandrick is a big pickup for them, but um, Josh Norman is another one. Like they have they have depth at the cornerback position, but outside of that, this defense again leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah, it really, really does. It, their defense is like you like you said; they're just there. They're really not standing out whatsoever. Um, outside of the likes of Josh Norman and Orlando Scandrick. Yeah, um, Deron Payne was a good pick for them in the draft, um, but outside of outside of those like big names, the, I, honestly, I think the NFC East is going to have the highest scoring, like is going to be the highest scoring division in all of football this year, just because outside of the Eagles, there's really no defense. Yeah, that's yeah. It I I have them going six and ten, but that was kind of negative. More realistically, I would say. Seven and nine, maybe eight and eight. Yeah. Um, because it all they really have to do is build a team around Alex Smith, essentially, even though he's older and uh, he's not going to be their franchise guy. But um, it, it's kind of it's kind of up in the air at the moment. Obviously, every one of the predictions that we have right now are not official. They're not from an NFL analyst. They know obviously more than we know, but um, 
Yeah, and and the thing is, is like we haven't actually like broken these down into game versus game. Like I'm going to create a spreadsheet of who I like, who's facing who, and everything, and really get in depth about it and try to hold out, like figure out my true predictions of everything. Um, So maybe we do that right before the season starts, as both of us try to figure that stuff out. But these are just rough estimates. <laughs> yeah, these are kind of just looking at the schedule and going, yeah, sure, win, loss. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of what I did. Like I said, I did it in five minutes. But we are at an hour 16, so we should probably wrap this up. Michael, where can we find you on the Twitter? On the Twitter, I am at it's Michael P. That's I-T-S-M-I-C-H-A-E-L-P. Um... It's the best way to really contact me. Uh, as Damien mentioned before, we are going to be streaming Madden 19, assuming I can buy it because right now it's a little bit of a tricky time. Um, with Well, what do you mean? What do you mean assuming you can buy it? I'm just going to buy it online. Oh, yeah. Yay, Game Sharing. I'm dumb. I forgot about that. Uh... Yeah, buddy. Game Sharing, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but with, <laughs> with that, uh, yeah, Damien said that we're going to be streaming that. Damien, obviously you haven't been streaming as much as I have, but um, you're... No, that's the issue. That's the issue with having a 13-year-old girl in the house is that uh, she plays Overwatch, and that takes way more streaming, uh, way more internet than I would like to admit. So um, I don't have the super, super quick internet like you do. So we'll probably be streaming on your account, not just kind of be a guest on it. Yeah, and I'm fine with that. Um, my Twitch is cannot get drunk. Uh, it's the same as my gamer tag on Xbox. Um, I'm sure one of these days, if you guys are in the stream, feel free to ask me because uh, it's kind of a long story of what why that's my gamer tag. But um, if you pop in the stream, be sure to you know ask me. Bring up in the huddle. You know, tell us you're a fan. Um, but we're going to be streaming Madden 19. Um, I'm not a big first-person shooter guy, but if Damien buys it, I'll download it. Uh, maybe he'll get me back into playing it. I haven't played any of those games since I was probably about 15. Um, so I mean, I'm not very good at them, but we can always try. Yeah, we'll, we'll have fun with it. <laughs> yeah. None, none of my streams are, are actually like professional streams. They're just me dicking around with my friends and having fun with it. So... Um, with that, uh, Damien, where can they find you? Uh, y'all can find me on Twitter at Damien underscore Miller. That's Damien, D-A-M-I-A-N underscore Miller. Um, you can find me on all the social medias except for Facebook. Don't add me on there. I'll slice your dick off. Um, <laughs> Only I can be friends with Damien on Facebook. Yeah. The thing is, is like as a wrestler, like people had access to my, my personal Facebook and I, I hated it. I don't like, like, it's not that I don't like interacting with fans. It's just, I don't like being bombarded by fans and that's kind of what happened. So I, I had to make my Facebook private for a while and it's just, it's a hassle. If you get it too out of hand on Twitter, I can just block you easily. Um, In short, (laughs) just don't be fucking weird. (laughs) Yeah. Like we have enough weirdness in our lives. Like if you understood about the whole getting head during the podcast, you understand we have a lot of weirdness between the both of us. We don't need extra weird. Yeah. Uh, my friends are <laughs> fucking weird. So, like, I'm not going to give examples, but uh, for anybody, because 